All right. <clears throat> well, thank you again for being here and being patient and um, being on our, our podcast and being interviewed for us. So, uh, for the record, could you tell the audience your name? Yes, thank you. And I'm very happy to be doing this with you this morning. My name is Michael Pink. Okay. Oh, and also one thing, I thank you, Michael Pink, for being here. But let me tell my audience, this is a veteran power talk show where we speak to veterans, family members, children, uh, spouses about their transitioning uh, from, the, from the military to civilian, to civilian life, and we discuss any issues that they may have had. And we also talk to the family members that may reunite with them. And we, uh, after they talk about what the, what the issues were, we talk about how a special place for veterans would aid in resolving an issue nationwide. And our core mission is to buy land and build communities for veterans and our family members because we uh, like to take care of the family members. No one's talking about the tour of duty the family members have done. So this show is all about the veterans and their family members. It's a full-blown self-expression, so they can see this as their own cable channel, Veteran Power Talk. So there's no whole bar. You can say what you want to say, how you want to say it. With that being said, now we have a non-veteran online with us, uh, and he's an enthusiast, what I would like to say. And he's going to express himself with his business, what he does for veterans, and the uh, impact that uh, our service is given to him. So that being said, Again, thank you for being here, and um, we're going to ask you just a couple more questions before we dive right into your business, okay? Yes, please. So um, so what was the experience that you had that made you say, you know what, I have a heart for veterans? What was the impact that made you say, you know, I want to support veterans? Well, it might be a little bit complicated. I, I can tell you that all of my life I have thought that uh, injustice, social injustice, is the worst thing. And when I look around and see it, it just makes me crazy. And I've always wanted to do something about it. So I finally figured out that I thought I could do something about it. And the fact that veterans are defending our country and then coming back to this country and having difficult times themselves makes me crazy. And I think I can do something about that, even if it's only a small thing, and that's what I'm trying to do. Well, just for um, maybe a little bit of clarity on your part, because I had to get clarity, too, because I was homeless twice when I got to the military, and I've been to some professional leadership courses, and we had this discussion at length. And one of the civilians that was saying that um, there's no way that anyone could possibly know what we've gone through or how they can possibly relate to us, so there is a... Um, like a disconnect there, right? <clears throat> and so what I kind of learned is I was reading this one book. Uh, I'm kind of forgetting it right now. But, uh, well, as I remember through this conversation, I shared it before. It was like, uh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. He, he said, when you, 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 when you have a sheep, right, and the sheep dog, all right, uh -huh. civilians are the sheep. And the veteran are the sheep dog. So when we come out and live in the and get out of the military and live, it's almost like a love hate relationship, you know. Because it's two different species, and there's no way in the world we can understand each other because we've been trained and conditioned one way. And you can't untrain the veteran. You can't train the civilian unless they go through the training. So right. in my assessment of the listening to all kind of veterans, right, go through different transitions and stuff, is that some civilians will take some money and say, well, here is a few dollars to a nonprofit, and that's good enough, 
and that should be good enough, and but it's really not. And I'm kind of hearing this and what you're saying, it kind of drives you crazy because you don't know how to make a connection. And so that's what these conversations that we have helped supposed to do, hopefully, create that connect, share things that makes it, oh, okay, enlightenment from our end and your end. Does that make sense? Sure. So uh, maybe that helped with that thought, maybe you're thinking, but, uh, but yeah, that's what we had these conversations for. So uh, you want to say anything on that before I go to the next question? Yeah, what I'd say is that I'm positive that I cannot put myself in the shoes of a veteran, but I can put myself in the shoes of people who are experiencing injustice. Um, it may be because of my cultural heritage, I don't know, but for some strange reason I feel very capable of understanding what it's like to be the, uh, the person against whom injustice is happening. and. I, I simply want to do what I can to stop that. Okay. Uh, I, I think you're kind of answering my next question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Uh, what is the one thing that you would like to have accomplished before you ascend, before everything cuts it quick? What is the one thing that you want to tell the world you want to accomplish? Well, I'll be 65 in May, so however much time I have left, I have less than I ever did before, and I'm in a big hurry because I have something very big to accomplish, and that is for the world of consumers, not only in the United States, to understand there is a different, new, and better way to have a real estate transaction that involves a real estate broker. And I want, before I'm gone, for investing in communities to become the way the public understands they can and should use real estate brokerage services so that at the same time they're solving a need for their themselves, for their family, for their company, they will also at the very same time be thinking about the nonprofit that they'll be able to generate funding for at no personal or company expense. That's what I'm trying to do. Okay, and actually, before you actually got to that point, you had started real estate uh, becoming an agent years ago before that, so what was it about being a real estate agent that made you say, this is my life, I'm going to be a real estate agent? What was the experience that you had to say, this is it? Well, to tell you the truth, the way you asked that question, uh, you might not get the answer that you're thinking, but here's the answer. Uh, being a real estate broker is not really what I want to do with the rest of my life. It's not what I wanted to do with my life. It's just what happened to me because of the path that my life took, it, it, it just made sense for me to get into real estate brokerage, specifically commercial, specifically something called office tenant rep. And that means I represent companies and nonprofits that are tenants in office buildings instead of representing landlords. And because in my industry, our clients do not pay our fee, they don't pay our commission. We really are representing every one of our clients on what would be described as a pro bono basis. And that's because we represent the corporate tenant, but we're paid by the building owner if and when an office lease results from our efforts. And because we represented a number of charities over the first nine years of our business life, 
I, I got to understand that charities are doing great work in the world, even if they're not doing anything to benefit me personally. They're still improving the world that I live in. Yeah. And I am being able to provide my professional services to a nonprofit that's an office tenant. And I thought that if I could give that nonprofit part of the commission that I would earn from the building owner, that I'd be doing more than just one good thing. I would be representing an organization that's doing good work and they wouldn't be paying a fee for that representation. And then I would give them part of the commission that we earned. And so my partner and I understood that this was new money that we could mm -hmm. give to the nonprofit. And we began to think that maybe we should do this all the time. So that's why 25 years ago, we began a philanthropic program as part of our very small company, and that program was called Investing in Communities. Okay. And a funny thing happened, Albert. I would go in and I would talk to the executive director. It was a pitch to get the business assignment, and the executive director was routinely amazed by what we were suggesting. There's no fee for our service, and then... Once the deal is done, we're going to give a big check to that nonprofit. They'd never heard anything like that before. And this is what I was told. Michael, this is quite wonderful. Right. I need, I need to tell the board of directors about this before we start working together. Call me back in a couple of weeks, and then we'll begin working together. So when I called back, and this happened more than once, this is what I was told. And this is the executive director speaking. I told one of the board members, and they said to me, wait a minute, I've never heard anything like this before. There's got to be something wrong like this. This is not the way real estate brokers <laughs> talk. Right. And that board member told the executive director that they were going to speak with the real estate company that their law firm or ad agency, whatever the company was that the board member had, they had recently redone their lease. So this was one of my competitors learning that the organization that their client, the board member, was part of had a real estate transaction coming up and maybe this competitor of mine could try to get the assignment. So what they said was this, oh, we'll do that too. We'll be happy to give you part of our commission if you make us your broker. And when I learned that every competitor of mine would say that. Right. I thought to myself, well, there's something much bigger and better that I can do. I want to make every real estate transaction work that way. So we had no idea how, my business partner and I at the time, we had no idea how we were going to make this happen 25 years ago. Right. But over time, we came to learn about social media, we came to learn about web development, and we finally thought that we could afford to make this happen. So in 2010, we went live with the first website for investing in communities. And ever since then, we have been trying to figure out exactly how to make this work so that it begins to scale and will finally enter the fabric of society. And Albert, I believe that we have now figured that out. Okay. And I believe that investing in communities will do nothing but continue to grow, particularly as people like yourself 
and your radio audience learns about what it is that we're doing? Well, you know, I'm hearing what you're saying. I appreciate what you're saying. I'm glad you thought of it. And, you know, a lot of people often thank me for my service when they found that I'm a veteran. But I want to in turn thank you for what you're doing, you know, in your service, because there's other ways people serve besides active duty, you know. And I do think that goes not recognized, unrecognized as well. So this is also my way of recognizing what you do. Thank you very uh, much for saying that. So I do have one question. So, for example, say I want to sell something, a property, a house or a building, okay? We would call you. That's what we do. Well, you could call us if you have our number. You could send us an email or you can go to our website, iiconline.org. That's iiconline.org. And you'll learn a lot of things there. There's an explainer video at the home page that we just added. There is a very extensive and thorough section of FAQs. Yeah, I saw that, actually. I was on there. Good. And if you can think of a question that we have not addressed, please let us know, and we will write an FAQ for it. But then you can go to a web form that's at the IIC website, and the web form will ask, are you an individual or are you a company? Right. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then depending upon whether you are an individual or a company, then the, the questions are appropriate. And let's say you're an individual and you're interested in selling your home. Here's how it works. And this web form takes maybe a minute to complete. You would tell us how many bedrooms and bathrooms what city and what neighborhood is the home that you want to sell located in. On that same web form, you choose the nonprofit that you would like us to send your IIC distribution to. You also tell us on the same web form if there's a broker that you're thinking of using because maybe that's who you used when you bought your home. Maybe they're a friend of yours from the military. Maybe you're on a sports team with them. It doesn't matter. If there is an agent that you're thinking of using, tell us who it is. We will contact that agent and we'll introduce ourselves and say that Albert has asked us to contact you to make arrangements so that you can become his listing agent to sell his home. And your broker might say, this friend of yours might say, well, Michael, why do we need you in this equation because Albert and I already know each other and I would say yes indeed I know that but I also know that Albert has not yet chosen you to list his home for sale so this is an opportunity for your friend who's the agent to think to themselves and say would I rather have most of the commission by selling Albert's house or would I prefer to have none of that commission and tell Albert, I really don't like this arrangement. Right. And because I could have called your friend, the agent, earlier that morning or later that day, and so could any broker, and they would ask the question, would you like to get a referral? And your friend, the agent, would have said each time, you bet your boots, I would love to get a referral. So what the public doesn't know, Albert, is that, in the world of real estate brokerage, and maybe this is especially true in the residential side, the practice of referring 
from one broker to another broker is very, very common. And what I've learned by calling residential brokers around the United States, and I've spoken with a hundred of them by now, the question that I ask is, would you like a referral? And the first thing that happens is giggling, and then they say, of course, thanks so much for calling. The next question that I ask is, what do you typically pay real estate brokers that refer deals to you? And if I'm speaking with a res if I'm speaking with a residential broker, the answer that I get almost without exception and very, very quickly is, oh, we are very happy to pay 25% of the commission. Right. So the world doesn't know this. The world doesn't understand that real estate brokers, all of us, including commercial brokers, would love to get referrals and we are very happy to pay referral fees. So as long as that's the case, my job on the planet for as long as I'm here is to make it very familiar for the consuming public to understand that every real estate transaction that involves a real estate broker could involve the payment of a referral fee and we're here to make that happen and we are here to redirect and repurpose those referral fees so they become funding <coughs> excuse me for an organization in the social sector and we don't really care what the organization is as long as it's doing good work that's what I do so if I if someone has an organization that's not in your database or uh, how do they handle that do you they can suggest it or yes yes we, we want you also to know all of you that investing in communities is your gift to give to any 501c3 that you think is doing worthy work now I will tell you that we do have an application process at investing in communities but we have it for only one reason it's not because we don't want our efforts to benefit every worthy organization it's only so that when an organization applies to become a member if we look into them and we find that the work that they do is anathema to our way of thinking about worthy work then we are free to decline to accept their organization and and I, I must give you the example that I typically give and um, I, I know that uh, your head looks a certain way Albert so I don't want you to take this personally but okay. if the fictional skinheads of northeastern Illinois <laughs> ever submits an application to investing in communities we will say no thanks Okay, so I better grow some hair is what you're saying. No. <laughs> <laughs> Not necessary. <laughs> I, I know, I got that. Uh, well, for the record, I want the audience to know that we are in the database. So if you're hearing this and you choose uh, IIC to be a broker and you do business with them, you can suggest our organization because we are in their database, a special place for veterans. Just thought I'd throw that in there. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, what you're doing, and I like this, so, again, that part is – Part of why we're doing this conversation is I want to spread the word. So uh, that's what I'm going to do. And uh, I know some real estate agents. Because um, I actually, when I was in Colorado, I went to Jones Real Estate College. I just never took my license to become a real estate agent. Uh, I was still active duty. And when I first started going my first three weeks in class, I saw how thick those books were. I said, man, I said, I might as well be a lawyer. I said, I didn't want to be a lawyer. I just wanted to get in quick, you know, learn some things, and I was in it for the money. So 
uh, I'd never got my license, and um, I can't say I regret it, but sometimes I would, it could have come in handy with the knowledge, you know. Right, sure. doing different things, but uh, I'm doing what I do best, and I like what I'm doing. So, uh, so let me get to another question. Uh, were you done with that explanation? Well, if I may, Albert, I'd like to take this opportunity to tell you and your listeners what the math looks like, how much money they can expect will go to their favorite charity if they buy or sell a property. Can, can we talk about that? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Okay. So if you make a couple assumptions about what the amount of the commission is and what the amount of the referral fee is, then if you're talking about the purchase or sale of a home or really the purchase or sale of any piece of real estate, it could be a piece of land, it could be a building, it could be a farm, any real estate. If we assume that the commission is 5% that's paid by the seller to the listing broker and that commission is then typically split pretty much 50-50 with the broker that represents the buyer and if we assume a 25% referral fee then if we give 70% of that referral fee to the charity of your choice mm -hmm. if the home that you're buying or selling is priced at $300,000 the charity of your choice would get a check from investing in communities for $1,300 in almost every case. Okay, that's and pretty hefty. Thank you. And and what makes it even better is that the money is unrestricted. And just about every nonprofit in the country understands what it means to get unrestricted funding, and they all understand that an unrestricted dollar is much, much more useful and therefore more important than getting restricted funding. Now, since but, you, are you kind of like donating it to them? So when we get it, you can write it off and we don't have to do a, a different type of income? That's correct. It is a normal uh, donation to the recipient nonprofit. The real estate broker, actually, that pays the referral fee has a tax deduction that's a normal business expense, which is right. the most useful type of deduction. There is no cost to you if you're the buyer or the seller. Therefore, there's no tax consequence to you if you're the buyer or the seller. And for investing in communities, it, it simply is money that we are paying out that we do not pay tax on. But if I may, I want to tell everyone that I'm not an attorney. I'm also not a tax accountant. Everyone should seek their own independent okay. counsel. But this is what I have learned over the years running investing in communities. Okay, so when you pay the, do you pay a paper check in the mail or a direct deposit or what? We send a paper check in the mail cut on the Investing in Communities bank account and we cut that check uh, as soon as we have cleared the check of the uh, referral fee that's been sent to us by the brokerage company that your broker works with. And so far we have made distributions of more than six hundred and fifty thousand dollars this way okay um, I'm very curious too um, you, you found our organization how did, how did you find out about our organization you know something um, I came across you on LinkedIn 
and uh, I looked at your profile and I saw the work that you're doing I saw that you're a veteran and I said I want to talk to this gentleman it was as easy as that it wasn't a very intellectual approach but that's how it right. happened it's usually the simplest ways the best ways right well <laughs> I, I think <laughs> Yeah, keep it simple. You call it kiss, right? Keep it simple. <laughs> well, with with a with a, a, a fourth word. Right. Uh, I know what it is. <laughs> Trying to be nice, right? Yeah. So at this point, we like to, you know, you give us a lot of information. Thank you for that, and thank you for doing that. And uh, uh, one more thing, can you tell the people how they can reach you, contact you? Um, you want an email, phone number? How do you want to do it? Well, the very best way is for anybody who's interested to come to the Investing in Communities website and that website again is iiconline org. that's iiconline.org and you can communicate with us there very simply and you will hear back from one of us on the IIC team uh, within hours or if it's over the weekend it may take a couple of days but we try to be very responsive okay um, so for another personal note uh, tell us something that most people in your circle don't know about you uh, well let's say maybe I'm not as dumb as I look <laughs> maybe <laughs> Okay, <laughs> so they don't know that, huh? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I don't think I don't think it takes long for them to figure it out, though. <laughs> yeah, one conversation with you, right? <laughs> yeah, that's all um, it takes. Seriously, I am interested in many, 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 many things. I, I am much more interested than I am interesting, and I think I'm pretty lucky to be in life that way. Yeah. Well, I think this is a simple concept, especially when it's uh, when it's free. And so, I'm definitely going to spread the word about it uh, to what you're doing. And it makes sense. It's simple. And uh, most people might grab onto it because it's not a network marketing business, which I don't see a problem with. It, but some people don't want to do that. Um, so this is not that. And uh, and you can make some money. So especially like right now, there are people out of work because of this. Uh, pandemic with the coronavirus right mm -hmm. and so I'll be trying to show people alternative ways of making money because right now you still need to make some money regardless of what's going on out there so uh, I would definitely be sharing this as another means of some income for nonprofits I'm really reaching out to a lot of nonprofits uh, great Al Albert may I um, give you another piece of information about the benefits that nonprofits get from investing in communities yeah sure please Okay, and this is something that, that it's really important for all of your listeners to understand because they can play a very, very powerful part in bringing investing in communities to life and, and really pushing it into the fabric of society. And what I'm talking about now is visibility, particularly exposure on the Internet, web visibility. So... Investing in communities provides two essential nutrients to nonprofits. One of them is the funding. We've already said that it's unrestricted. It doesn't cost a nonprofit anything to bring in investing in communities revenue. The other essential 
nutrient is visibility on the internet and here's how that happens a nonprofit that joins investing in communities gets a profile listing in a searchable directory at our website for nonprofit members and when you click on that profile listing it blows up into a web page with a unique URL so you can put a link to that on your website on your Facebook page you can send that link out by email by text you can send it you know uh, in a paper mail if you want and then what happens is that when a supporter of your nonprofit clicks on that link they come to your dedicated landing page at the investing in communities website they do not come to our home page and all of your listeners all your family members all your friends can like us on Facebook they can amplify the visibility of that link by making sure that they've shared it with their friends and family and business colleagues and then here's the last part after we send the investing in communities distribution to the nonprofit of your choice the best thing we can do for ourselves is to write about that in our social media and what we want to write about is for example Albert a just sold a three flat in the North Park of Hyde Park or the East Park of Rogers Park wherever the home is we want to talk about will you can remain anonymous we want to talk about the everyday nature of the transaction that just happened and then we want to talk about how many lives your favorite nonprofit was able to help because of the funding from your everyday real estate transaction mm -hmm. and that really closes the circle of investing in communities and really I, I hope makes clear the very important role that ordinary individuals can play by repeating that message and sharing it as widely as they can. You know, I was I was just imagining something we were talking about, someone getting a check. Uh, if you or someone in your company like went to a nonprofit and recorded on camera handing them the check and then sharing that, you know, making your own little uh, video of it and sharing it so you can see how many people actually got a check or something like that. And uh, so people can have a visual. It would be, that's a marvelous idea. And I must tell you that while I'm not as dumb as I look, I am as old as I look. <laughs> <laughs> and, and shooting video like that is not something that comes naturally to me, but we're getting close to having that capability. And in the meantime, we have been taking what we call big check photographs. We have this dry erase very big check it's about four feet long and two and a half feet tall okay. and that's what we use but we also spend part of the referral fee that we have kept so that our social media posts will be boosted so that more of the supporters of your favorite charity will see what just happened and when we get uh, better at what we're doing and we're actually shooting this on video we will be paying to boost those videos and they'll be going further and further and everybody likes video better than they like a still image so right. what you said is right on okay well uh, I think I can give you some assistance in that area that would be great 
we can talk about that offline. Okay. Yeah, so, I mean, this is awesome. It's pretty much in a nutshell. You nailed everything. Um, and this is going to come in handy. Like, oh, yeah, oh, that's right. So you said there's a, a member of a nonprofit, and they that person buys the property. Are they able to recommend their own nonprofit to get the uh You bet. Yeah, may I give you a couple examples of what's happened? Yes. Okay. Um, so Centro San Bonifacio, this was some years ago, wanted to acquire a property. It was a mixed-use property with some residential units above and retail on the first floor. They came to investing in communities. One of their board members knew about us, and that was an IIC transaction. We provided them with the selection of appropriate brokers. They chose one, and they got a check that was, as I recall, not quite $1,000. But here's where that can go. Uh, Smart Love Community uh, Counseling, which is a nonprofit, they were in the same situation. They used investing in communities to get referrals to appropriate brokers. Their check was a little bit more than $5,500. But there's more. When the nonprofit women employed needed to deal with their office lease, they used investing in communities to find a broker and they received a check for $20,000. It was the very first check that we wrote on the Investing in Communities bank account when we separated Investing in Communities from MAP Real Estate in 2010. Okay. Here are a couple other examples. The Sergeant Shriver National Center on Poverty Law got a check for $25,000 because of its own office lease. Prime Care Community Health got a check for $30,000 when it opened a new primary care family health clinic in Belmont, Cragen. And the biggest amount that's ever been generated from a single real estate transaction is $42,000. Wow. But that happened when Urban Partnership Bank opened its downtown location at 55 East Jackson and it wasn't appropriate for them to get the money. So they asked us if we could figure out a way for them not to have to choose a single nonprofit okay. because they had many nonprofit banking customers. And so we held a raffle with 15 drawings to give away $42,000. Okay. So it's Man. absolutely possible, and it's the way we've built the system for nonprofits when they have commercial real estate transactions to choose themselves to receive their distribution. It's good to have smart people like you around because there's a lot of those laws that people just don't know about and there's money there that they can get. You know, even our even our organization, we have we know a little bit, but we need uh, people to let us know that we don't know what we don't know. You know, we don't know it's available. Right. Can't ask for it. That's exactly so, right. That's why we need to get the word out. Right. We're working on our daycare. We have a daycare department, and the only thing we really needed, we got all the licenses for the individual person and certifications for the people. We just didn't have enough money raised to get the building for the state to inspect. 
Right. And so once we get our first building, we're going to be cooking with Crisco. So. Indeed. And, and you will be able to use that transaction to generate funding for your nonprofit and all of your volunteers, supporters, staff, anybody who works for a company that supports you would be able to use investing in communities if their company tells them about us. And we hope that they will pick you. But whether they do or not, we will be writing about you yeah. and we will be writing about that company and there is actually a way for us to set the website and set your dedicated landing page so that when someone comes to us through your page we will know that they came from right. your dedicated landing page and even if they pick a different charity you will receive part of the referral fee okay yeah I did see that in a somewhere, if, even if they don't use it, yeah. I, you called it something else, didn't you? Well, we, we, we call it the, the introducing charity share. Yeah. And then there's the favorite charity share. So it may be that you have a child who is in school and it's most important to you that the funding from your IIC transaction would go to your child's school if you have learned about investing in communities because of a different nonprofit, we will send part of the referral fee to that other nonprofit because they introduced you to us even though you choose you chose your child's school to get the favorite charity right. share. Right, right. And we, we can do this with any anywhere in the country. It doesn't have to be in Illinois. That's correct. It doesn't matter where in the United States the real estate transaction is located or where in the United States the recipient charity is located. Okay. Well, uh, you've answered all my questions, and, um, and I really thank you for being here. And if there's anything you think you left out, you can say it now, or um, I think that can conclude our interview. Thanks, Albert. I think we've covered everything, and I'm very grateful for this opportunity. Yeah, and as soon as I get this thing edited, I'll be able to send it to you so you can see it. Thanks. <laughs> I think have a great day, and I'll call you uh, uh, offline in a few minutes. Okay, thanks. Bye.